1: We weren't going to do any podcasts. We thought we would wait a whole month until the end of the Six Nations, sort of calm down. Then we would come back and hit you with our analysis of the Six Nations. And luckily enough, um, our dear leader, Mark Dodson, nipped in ahead of it and gave us something new to talk about. So it is David, Matt and Alan back to recap on everything that's been going on in Scottish rugby in the last few weeks. Matt,
2: how you doing, pal? Well thanks. Nice nice to be back. It's felt like a felt like a long time. It's good to be just constantly on the pulse reviewing the Six Nations after <laughs> two or three, three weeks. But it's been three weeks, yeah. Has it been three weeks? I think it might be that.
1: Yeah, I think but it is. All good. You were at a Wednesday wedding today though, but even at a Wednesday wedding, you're still getting accosted by pod fans.
2: This is the thing. Just uh you know, Wednesday wedding, speaking to uh one family from Scotland, one from Northern Ireland, and it was the, the Northern Irish. Um Mr Gordon, I'll give him a wee shout out, was, was saying he was a fan, so I said I'd mention him at some point, so there you go. Good man, good to meet him.
0: There you go, Mr Gordon. Um Alan, how are you? Good, good. You know, like the the fans don't really want previews and reviews of Scotland v Island. It's the the post Mark Dodson interview review that uh, the real Thistle Ultras want. That's what they're coming back
1: for, yeah. They want to hear our views on Mark Dodson's podcast debut.
0: And goatee.
1: Yeah. It was good. I don't know where they were recording it. It sounded like it was uh, he was miles away from the microphone in like a canteen or something like that. The the
0: sound quality was poor. Which is rich coming from us, but still. What what restaurant in Edinburgh do you think Dodson? Do you mm-hmm. think contractually it has to be whatever the
2: Steak place. (laughs) I was in Kylo, Kylo. yeah. (laughs) I reckon reckon Dodson Pool's ranked though, and he's like, I'm not going to that steak restaurant. Like, I'm going to Tom Kitchen or something. Private room in Tiger Lily. (laughs) I I I I could actually actually (laughs) see him doing that. Like, that Dakota hotel. I could see him going there.
1: I think he was probably, he'd want to go to the kitchen, but because it was the BBC, they were like, we can't. We won't be able to get the expenses through. So, you've got to go somewhere a bit mid market weirdly booked out shanghai yeah (laughs) a podcast recorded in a booth in shanghai on george street yeah well it it certainly it certainly covered an awful lot of ground. and if you've been following us on twitter that's at thistle uh, rugby pod we've been putting in some initial thoughts in there but we thought we would jump on this classic medium uh the one where we made our name um and do a little bit of a podcast looking back at the comments from from Mark Dodson, uh, which give us an opportunity also to talk back uh, and look at the sort of the state of the nation following the six nations um Matt I'll come to you first. I suppose the main news line that led the sort of reporting following the interview was obviously talking about Townsend's future Dodson talking about the fact that they've had a sort of open process you know talking to global names in the in the game about Scotland what they think about Scotland and. What those people would theoretically do if they were theoretically asked to be the Scotland coach, but I guess it, what it means is it sort of puts Townsend on notice, and I think he was it was quite clear that maybe he's not a hundred percent enamored with Townsend. that was my reading, and that he's sort of there assessing whether Tooney is the man to take them forward beyond the world Cup what did you What did you make of it all? I suppose just that airing the sort of process in public felt a little bit strange firstly.
2: Yeah, it is a bit of an odd one given that I think a lot of those questions in the media these days would just be met with a straight bat. Um and I think there's also the context that it seems as if Dodson and Tanzend have had a pretty strong relationship um over the last however many years it, it has been that he's been in charge to the point that people at least on Twitter um, and wider circles of Scottish rugby, they've questioned whether it's actually too close and too cosy a relationship. Um, so yeah, it was pretty pretty surprising. Um, I mean, I think you know, ask ask the question on Twitter whether we we potentially do need a change, and it's Dodson's job to to ask those questions and look around and try and get the best possible coach. So I, in a sense, I think it's. Is kind of admirable or sensible, at least. Um, but then at the same time, I think you know, Townsend has a, a very good record relative to other coaches in the pro era, and you know it's difficult to think of someone else who would maybe get more out of the current squad. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a a bit of an odd one, I suppose. Something not something I expected to him to to say.
1: Yeah, I mean, Alan, looking at the facts of. Particularly this six nations third in the six nations we lost only to Ireland and France numbers one and two in the world we are in fifth place in the world Townsend is statistically the most successful Scotland coach ever do you think it's I don't know if disrespectful is the right word but you know do you think it's prudent that Dalton's going through this or do you think that Townsend should be feeling you know a little bit aggrieved that um he's being put through the mill like this
0: I think I think it's it's pretty prudent. And ultimately, coming into the Six Nations, I think if you you polled a lot of fans, people were mainly siding on the fact that Townsend probably the Townsend years potentially run its course. And I actually think you know ultimately performance in Six Nations have probably swung that back across the other way. But ultimately, if it had been a poor Six Nations and Dalton had started sounding out people, I'm sure there would have been criticism on the other side that. You know, Dodson wasn't planning effectively, so I, I think it's completely fair. I think it's fair on both sides for for people to have sort of conversations, to kind of understand what the market is. Um, but I actually I do have sympathy. You got to remember, Townsend is the longest-serving coach of any sort of like tier one international yeah. team. You know, he's been there what seven years now, and I do think there is a question of whether Especially in the professional era, whether you know ultimately coaches, their effectiveness does start to sort of run out over sort of a long once you get to a certain point. And I think Townsend, to be fair to him, sort of post 2019 World Cup was able to kind of change the way they were they played and sort of slightly kind of altered how they sort of approached matches, kind of obviously slightly heavier emphasis emphasis on defence. But I do wonder whether another cycle with the same coach and a broadly similar coaching staff is going to have the impact we we need it to.
1: But I mean looking at I suppose all we can talk about is the um the names that we sort of know are in the frame so you know your Leon McDonald's for example is it the case Matt that actually there isn't anyone on paper better and available than Townsend in the market at the moment?
2: That's the thing I think there was this like pipe dream that Scott Robertson would come, but obviously that's it was probably unlikely in the first place. And definitely Scott Robertson obviously
1: doesn't spend a lot of time on Scottish rugby Twitter. Doesn't really understand <laughs> yeah. that there was a lot of people keen for him.
2: <laughs> Although I saw he was talking on the Jim Hamilton podcast about his playing time at air um, back yeah. in the day, and he, he seemed to genuinely hold very fond memories, so I don't know if they could have leveraged that a bit more. but. Oh, right. Yeah, I think Lovely. Beyond, beyond him, there's there's like speculation around like maybe a Jamie Joseph, but I don't think he's shown any desire to leave Japan. Um, And then, yeah, Leon McDonald's a name that's been bandied around. And I I wonder if it's just, you know, he's, he's a Kiwi, he's coaching a super rugby team. yeah, So he will like immediately become a, uh, an option, but it, it doesn't seem as if there's much so truth to that. I could be completely wrong. But I think also at the end of the day, I think he's done a pretty good job with the Blues. But also I think the Blues have got a really good playing squad. And yeah, ultimately he would be cutting his teeth at international level whilst in the post, learning as he, you know, on the job, which I appreciate Townsend did, but I think it's different when you've got a a homegrown coach like he was at the time. So I think that even if... Um, someone like Liam McDonald, who's maybe the most obvious candidate out there, still comes with quite a lot of risks. It's not—it's not sort of that simple a fit, I—I I don't think. So, and, and beyond that, you know, I'm sure there are other names, but they—they've they've not there's not really been too many mentioned ultimately. Steve Diamond, He's PRing
1: um, his way into the job.
0: So, what you tell me? We want a coach who's obviously. <laughs> forming at a high level, who's got international experience, is it not just Franco Smith? Yes. Is he, is he is Frank
2: Franco Franco Smith uh, uh, Oh yeah Franco Smith is Italy coach, wasn't he? He was. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, but Italy Yeah, they're terrible and they are terrible. It's not his fault.
0: <laughs> Franco can't do anything wrong though. If Franco goes on and wins the URC, do you just give him
2: the gig? Do you think we've not moved past those those days, though, when basically, like, any Edinburgh-Glasgow coach would uh, would sort of not be guaranteed, but be very likely to get the national kick. No, no. Like, I when Andy, it, Andy Robinson, for instance. If, if Edinburgh were, like, fifth in the
0: table right now, Mike Blair would probably be favourite for the Scotland job. True. That's a good point. What about big Dave Rennie? I miss Dave. I'd like him, but... I don't think he... I I do think I get the impression from a family
2: standpoint it'd be difficult for for him to boot mm. back. Um, I I think his reputation has been has taken a bit of a blow coaching yeah. Australia as well. Once again, I don't think it's his fault, but ultimately his win record there it was pretty, pretty
1: terrible.
0: terrible. There's um and we obviously Steve Tandy was there. There was a bit of chat sort of a year or two ago. Yeah, that Tandy especially when his defence very much was kind of the bedrock of of Scottish rugby success, that he potentially might step up to the plate and take over as head coach. Which potentially now with with Brad Moore in his attack coach and, and what looks like an attack that's, that's sort of firing a little bit more than it was a couple of years ago, could be an option, but it doesn't, doesn't fill you with enthusiasm, Steve Tandy. Coming in as head coach? No. So are, are we concluding that there isn't anyone better?
1: I guess, it's, uh, yeah, where could you go?
0: Lancaster?
2: Well, isn't Lancaster going to Racing? He's going to yeah, wrestling, sure. Too. He's at the picture. The, yeah, yeah the, the musical chairs just haven't sort of suited Rona Scotland. Scotland fucking
0: hates us, but he's a class coach. He's extended at Lara Show.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I also yeah. think he'd, he'd like. Literally laugh at a Scotland's gig, I think. At the moment, <laughs> yeah, I think he would. He'd be like, Shell is such a great place to be," and in a couple of years, I'll have my pick of any international team, really. Probably the Ireland then, job at some stage, Well, exactly. Yeah, there's also Dan McFarland, who, uh... yeah, yeah, I, the shine's come maybe, out of Ulster a little bit. Yeah, right, that's the thing. About an about a year ago, I reckon he was sort of the the main man, but I don't think. People at Ulster are that happy with him, or as happy at least. Mm. The, the the one that we sort of dismissed it a
0: little bit at the start, but the one that I generally think, if he was interested and was available, we should be pushing, pushing for, is Jamie Joseph. Because I think what he's managed to do with the Highlanders team, in terms of winning the Super Rugby with probably the smallest budget, and then at the for, with Japan at the Japan World Cup, in terms of being both Scotland and and Ireland in the most like high intense, high pressure environment, I think just shows a coach that is able to get a lot out of a, a set of players that are potentially, you know, it's, it's definitely individually of a lower quality versus um, their opposition, and able to do it at the right time, and you know with the Highlanders relatively consistently, feels like he he potentially has the skill set to come in and kind of get more of the of those Scotland players but whether he's interested obviously is a different question but if if it was me he would be
2: the number one pick that's interesting I think his his style would also suit Scotland in the with the with them the Highlanders and Japan particularly Japan with the personnel which is not the same as Scotland but there are some similarities in terms of having a slightly smaller um, playing player pool uh, physically at least, um that it would be a similar style. And I was just I was just Googling to see when his contract runs out and according to well, Google at least it's it's the end of twenty twenty three. So I, I wonder if he might feel he's done really well with Japan, but what else could he do with them? Yeah. So you know, theoretically it could be quite an interesting option oh the japanese scout there you go imagine maybe he is the, maybe he is the japanese scout <laughs> imagine imagine that commission
1: bloody hell uh,
0: the japanese scout brings in him as well
1: what you, is the do you, there was
0: a, I was gonna say, do you think there was a bonus for the japanese scout now that sione got in the player team of the team of the series for the six nations that's going to be like <laughs> the final bonus
2: payout yeah, there was there was a clause. It was like if he scores five tries to Scotland, you get X amount. If he's named in the Six Nations, I where, wonder if he's uh, written in team of, the, team of the champ.
1: I wonder if he's written in like uh, an, a an clause relating to Sione's brother as well. <laughs> There's a bit of a kickback. I was going to ask, what is the appointment that would make Scottish rugby Twitter the most angry?
2: Someone uh, from England.
0: Gatland? Eddie, <laughs> Jones. Gatland. Eddie, Jones. Eddie Jones would have been hilarious. I mean, obviously, Matt Williams. Matt Williams. <laughs> Danny <laughs> Wilson. Matt, would Matt, Matt really... Williams coming back could be back
2: Danny wilson's a, Danny Wilson's a good one. <laughs> Alan Solomons would be an interesting
0: Alan one. Solomons, yeah, would also be great. Um, Oh, an interesting one, just thinking about X-Ed and Replay, I, I don't think this would be a good option. It was obviously the Todd Blackadder. But... um. Hmm he's just, obviously, he, you know, with Bath, and he's just been sort of sauntering off in of Japan, obviously he does have that strong connection to, to Scotland, but he's just not had enough success to really warrant that big a gig. Um, but yeah, Cockrell returning.
2: That that would really polarise. <laughs> I actually think it would be more, more negative than positive reaction to Cockrell. Yeah. I think Cockrell's a bit of a busted flush these days.
1: Mm. It's an interesting one. I think it's like if Pete O'Mani just like decided to take up coaching and came <laughs> straight in. That'd be like the thing that'd be like the biggest for a bigger bait first. I think it's unlikely, but I think that would piss everybody off. It's like, That's quite just, a...
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> um well I mean I mean like it's gonna be really interesting to see. I suppose it's uh Dodson and Tuner are meeting in the in the David Lloyd sauna this week to talk. Um if you're sitting in Dodson's, if you're sitting in his sauna seat, Alan, are you, you're, you're tuning in, giving him another roll of the dice?
0: I, looking at the market, if I couldn't get Jamie Joseph, I don't think there's any other coach available. Who is he going to be able to do more with that set of players? I look at Liam McDonald, and we're saying, you know, he's, you know. He's done okay with the Blues, mm. but he's got an unbelievable set of players, and he's not managed – they've been top of the ladder, but they, they've not actually managed to win any of the Super Rugby comps. As you said, Dave Rennie's kind of – his, his, his um, star's fallen a little bit. There doesn't really feel that like there's anyone within the kind of British Isles that stands out. As you said, McFarlane's kind of dropped off. It it feels like Tooney is probably – in the hot seat in the favourite. I guess the interesting one is, and I know Hogg come out and said that he would give Tooney uh yeah. uh an extension, although I am not quite sure how Hogg is really meant to answer that any other way. It sort of creates a big yeah. media storm if he answers it any other way or even refuses to answer it. Um Yeah. I know Dodson sort of said the players are keen for towns stay. I guess it's just how accurate a
2: statement that is, right? Yeah. Um so it be, be quite an odd thing to say if he was considering not. It's an odd thing to say in general, actually. That. Yeah.
0: I can't remember if he was sort of specific. I think he was specifically asked about the players, and so again, a very difficult question to to answer. Yeah. Unless yeah. your answer is the players want him to stay, right? Um. So, but again, I it does feel, especially with, I would say. The sort of younger to mid group that Townsend is is extremely well liked um so it's obviously if it always feels like it's slightly more than maybe those, those older players who <laughs> he's always had a little bit more difficulty with
2: that sort of coach player relationship but is is the only person he's really had difficulty with Russell and maybe Hogg
0: yeah yeah I'm trying to think I'm trying to sort of think through it it feels like you could probably put like i was gonna say price as well but yeah and i think barclay has sort of made comments and said they they weren't quite aligned in terms of what they thought the right approach mm, was i yeah. think barclay is
2: obviously a bit more of a a, a politician you know <laughs> but then but, but there wasn't wasn't the chat that barclay that Cockrell didn't want to keep Barkley at Edinburgh, and Townsend lobbied hard to to keep him there because he was very keen to have him in his World Cup squad. I mean, maybe Barkley still didn't like him. I feel like a bit. feel quite harsh. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a question of Barkley disliking
0: him at all. I think it was probably they were just a little bit misaligned on approach when it came to the to the World Cup. But I agree. Mm. I think I think you're right. Ultimately, you're in, 80% of it's Russell, and then. Probably nineteen percent of it's Hog, and there's probably like a little, a tiny little bit less.
1: Has he had right. problems with Hog since the like Ulster days, and like when he was still at Glasgow, or does that all date back to then? I suppose Hog was part of like the drinking stuff at the last Six yeah,
2: Nations, but that's what that's what I'd point to, mm. just the drinking stuff. And I say I felt
0: Hog's demeanour post, yeah, was felt a little bit like there was some level of um. The tail end of Hogg's time as Scotland captain,
1: Hogg was not in a particularly great place. He wasn't yeah. coming across particularly well.
0: No, I'm agreed. Um so what are we Are we tuning in? Yeah. Uh, I think looking at the market, I, I just don't think there's a I don't think there's don't, a better option. No, I don't get that excited about tuning in
2: either. <laughs> I think um I think Tan done quite a good job at times of refreshing his coaching staff so i think of like bringing steve tandy in at the time i don't think people were that impressed yeah. by it but it it made a massive difference right went on to coach Lions. um and it seems as if that zonda guy didn't really work but john dl's pretty well regarded and then bringing in i'd say Moore and pete horn ahead of the last six nations uh, it's hard to tell exactly what impact that had, but it seems to be largely positive. So I wonder if you can get a little bit more. We P- brought in Peter de Villiers, who I think seems to have done a pretty good job. Yeah. Mm. I-, I wonder if you if he refreshes the coaches in some sense. That that's on the only real way, al- alongside the playing um, the the playing squad he's got, got. I suppose that's like the only way that you kind of freshen things up if you do keep him.
0: Mm. No, that's fair. Just a quick one. I didn't did not envisage Pete Horn becoming like this, like niche, like breakdown coach that he seems to have, like carved out a role in with Scotland.
1: Is, is he a doing? breakdown coach. I, I
0: thought, thought he was like a skills that... coach.
2: Maybe we maybe we just scratch this. Let's edit it out. Maybe I've got this completely wrong. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no. no it's, I think I think that's fine. <laughs> think You're that not. Fine. I'm. I'm. I'm I've, I have editing powers, and I'm not editing that out. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we've we've lost our lost our train of thought with that intervention, Alan. Um,
0: Sorry. But I do agree that I actually think you're right in the sense that over Townsend's seven years, there has been this sort of constant refresh of coaches sitting underneath Townsend and whilst obviously one or two haven't quite landed, it does feel like each a lot of them have brought something to the table and something to sort of complement Townsend. So I think it's a good maybe it's one of these things you say where Townsend sort of shifts in, but potentially you look to sort of freshen up that backroom
2: staff a little bit. You're you're right, by the way. Um, Quoting Townsend at the time of horns, Pete has done a great job in the contact area with Glasgow. It was one area where we felt the backs had to improve in the autumn. That would be Pete's specific focus, as well as working with the players on skills and adding to our group. So the contact
1: area for the backs specifically?
2: Uh, uh maybe it's quite it's reasonably vague.
1: If you, imagine you're like Jamie Ritchie and like Pete Horn's telling you how to like <laughs> win the breakdown. <laughs> I'd be like, fuck off Pete.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not like Pete, it's like Dunbar, right? Dunbar can yeah, get over the yeah. ball. You get over the ball, yeah. I can't, yeah. I, I can't I, I can't imagine Pete Horn was getting a lot of like turnover turnovers at his time. Um but yeah, there you go. <laughs>
1: I think there's also the, the case. I, the, the, it's a massive decision. I thought it was interesting that Dodson was like, "This is a, deci- a big decision that I have to make." Because I think there's been a couple of bits of commentary that's sort of like, "Why is the chief executive of the union involved in this?" But I yeah. think you know that is why Mark Dodson makes his bonuses, right? That's why he gets paid to make
2: these sort of big decisions. Is there a risk that we?
1: Oh, <laughs> let's let's might... not go
2: down that. Let's not go down that route. But, yeah. <laughs> his bonuses but no i i agree i think it's it's still like a small enough organization that and it is a big decision within that context but that he has to be involved with those sort of appointments yeah quite closely
1: he's got it it's like probably like the second most important person in the organization if you put dodson at number one which i know a lot of people wouldn't but he is the chief executive whether they like it or not
0: (laughs) yeah 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 no, agree. I guess you know. Ultimately, you you don't know how that process works as well, right? You, it's it's almost certainly probably managed by like, Mallander.
1: Dodson sitting on a panel with Mossy, Big Al Kellogg. <laughs> um, Adam Ash is doing the Glasgow Business Club now, isn't he? Um, he's, no,
2: he's over in Chicago. Is he? Yeah, he yeah. was. He yeah. was, he was for a bit. He was for a bit. To be fair, he's he's put in his feedback. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's done his time. He's, Alan Jacobson's just like a consultant yeah. the process.
0: <laughs>
2: like a real road. Alan Jacobson him. is just like yeah, Alan Jacobs is like, does he like pints? Yeah.
1: He makes he makes Leon McDonald go on a day on the tools just to like see if he's a <laughs> see if he's a good lad.
0: <laughs> but no, you can um, imagine that Mallander is leading that process with ultimately a recommendation or something. Is what yes. it, is what I would expect.
1: Malander's um, been very sort of like under the radar. Like, he hasn't been, like, a real public figure within the SRU at all, which I thought he might have been.
2: 100%. I still, still don't really know what he does. What does he do? Like, head no, of director of rugby, like, the rugby like high
1: performance or something like that? I don't high know. High performance.
0: I guess he's just sort of got a remit for, for almost all rugby, right? All, like, sort of high-performance rugby from, from age group through to Super 6 through to Professional through to to international and sort of trying to manage that pipeline. Yeah, which, which hasn't been going mm-hmm. that well, to be fair.
1: Not been going uh, that well.
0: Although <laughs> inter- interesting comment
2: on Not the pod that fair. they
1: have, they've recognised that there's a problem. Pretty good of them to get their head around that.
0: <laughs> so yeah, it was like after when they when Scotland lost Scotland under 20s lost Ireland, they were like, "All right, shit, we think there might be a problem now."
1: This might be the problem, the fact that we've won one (laughs) under-20s game in like a decade.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they went to Kenny Murray, they're like, how did you allow this to happen? What's what's going on? How does this happen?
1: I did think again, like Dodson also cited that Kenny Murray had this stat of like the number of pro appearances that Scotland players had versus like the France team had. And he was like, I couldn't believe it. And I was like... Everyone knows that mark like we've been <laughs> like we've been talking about this for so fucking long <laughs> yeah, I think he was aiming to be like down to the earth. he's like, I am really in the detail here, but actually by saying that, it came across to me that he was fucking miles away. well, like, why has no one told Mark Dodson that
2: before? <laughs> I did like uh one of my favorite bits was he's he's his tone has very much changed in 2015. When they said they were going to win the Rugby World Cup. What was that 2019?
1: Yeah. Uh, no, it was 15 he said we were going to win.
2: I think he said yeah. he wanted
1: to semi-finals in 19.
2: And then... And now he's, I know he's said, basically like, saying, like, we might not even get out of the group. Yeah, he's, he was like, if we get out of the group, wow. It's like, I mean, it's actually... The thing is, that's a reasonable point to make,
1: but... Yeah. He had to toe, I think he had to toe the line on that because he'll be on like a board within World Rugby, right? So he couldn't completely and utterly open up World Rugby on the draw.
2: Yeah, yeah. He sort of said it was good from a commercial standpoint. <laughs> and then he was quickly like, this would be the best World Cup ever. Like, All right. <laughs> yeah. Any other bits from, from the
1: interview that stood out for you, Alan? Yeah,
0: interesting comment. It, about italy and how they've yeah. sort of been doing almost what a like share, shared knowledge sort of knowledge share An interest in the comment about how italy seemed to have really nailed or not nailed but mm. significantly improved this like school to age group um sort of transition but haven't managed to kind of do this sort of age group to professional rugby yes transition which if they managed to nail that were, we're, we're fucked. totally fucked <laughs> um, but
1: again i just it came across to me he was like franco smith's got some good ideas and i was like but <laughs> franco
0: smith's been in the S R U for like two months like what were you thinking before i know i know <laughs> um and and so yeah and then his his sort of view that we we were good at transitioning people from age group to pro which i'm not sure if that is correct um, wrong that is, that is incorrect. <laughs> i think it's wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: wrong uh, but, we, objectively but we we're objectively wrong yeah
0: but we were struggling at this sort of school to 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 um age grade rugby. So I don't know it's and it, obviously he was saying that there is like sort I think it was sort of a vague reference to a new sort of like age grade strategy being put in place. And they, they know what Ireland are doing, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. But obviously there's not a lot of clarity on what that strategy is or what they're doing differently. Um. And obviously, as we said, he's been in charge for 12 years and and this is an issue that's new, right? And I think a lot of people could have flagged that there was a lot of issues or a lot of people did flag there's been a lot of issues um, over the last sort of five or six years. So, but again, it's difficult, right? He's obviously got quite a a broad brief and clearly his focus in his role, especially over the last, maybe say, so pre-COVID, it was definitely commercial and the international team, and then you sort of had COVID, yeah. and it was basically like survival, right? And I think you've sort of come out the back of COVID. They've sort of been a bit too much of a focus on commercial and the international team. COVID's like decimated um, their finances, and you probably just sort of come out the back, and and actually you sort of look back and age-grade rugby, and probably the pro teams that maybe a little bit, I don't, I'm not sure. Have just been a bit neglected and haven't quite had the resources and the the focus that they they need they needed. So, look, it's obviously better late than never, right? But it does feel like someone really needs to sort of grab that sort of school to pro rugby journey and pipeline and really. There's only somebody. If only somebody had
1: done a 3000 word Substack on the state of Scottish private school rugby on, <laughs>
0: they could, they could advise. I mean, to be fair, mine's offered no solutions. So it was the, lot of, okay. there's,
2: there's a lot of questions, very good questions, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's top
1: there. Turn Strath Allen into just like a feeder system. I mean, it essentially already is a feeder system, but what they're doing out there, I don't know. They, they seem to keep getting it right. It's yeah. Just a
0: study of Str- what Strath are doing. And it was a Dodson made one call he was like, Oh, well I can't create more schools. And I'm like, Like, there's not like that many more private schools or like rugby playing schools in Ireland, you know. I I don't think it really is this significant volume difference, right? Yeah. But, he did jump what,
1: on the schools, but like the clubs are things that he does have control over. Yeah, Or yeah, at least yeah, influence exactly, over. There's yeah. loads of
0: clubs, yeah. Mark. <laughs> um again, I, I think there is more that the SU could be doing, and I appreciate the difficulties, both in terms of they don't have control over the schools, and there is, you know, a lot of clubs that need support. But it did feel a little bit, not like passing the buck, but, and you know, it didn't maybe just didn't quite feel like it was being addressed correctly. But hey, yeah, it'd be fine. I'm ha- we've had we've had a <laughs> few good we've had a few good years. Maybe it's time for us to kind of step back. Get the wooden spoon. Remember, you gotta feel that pain again to remember how
2: good beating England at Twickenham is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's become it's, a we do a, love it. Less of a achievement these days. Mm. But
1: Dodson did say that he is he's committed to standing down in twenty twenty five. So we've only got two more years. Fourteen
2: now, who, year. Who, who what's the, it, over, it what's the over what's the over under
1: down. on his next two year bonuses? One point two? Uh what was his
2: what was he topping out at before?
1: The big one was nine hundred K I think. But I was like, I don't know if that was his total package or if that was just his bonus.
2: That must what, be total. Yeah. It couldn't that. just be like that.
0: <laughs> then he got four fifty in COVID year. Final year he poor, just poor gets given like thirty percent of the Murrayfield freehold. <laughs> <laughs> as a parting gift. <laughs>
1: As Johnny Petrie returns as S O U chief executive. Yeah, yeah, that's bring the job if, back in house.
0: Unless, unless Big Al Glasgow doing some good things. So does Big Al get shipped into the top top job?
2: Maybe. I'm still convinced Big Al is just like a ceremonial figure, and they're like, <laughs> it's just like, oh, here's the I here's, Big the, Al here's the chief. That's he's ju- he's just Al. like a he's like a chief, you know. He's like an actual, you know. He's not a chief executive. He's like here's the big man. <laughs>
1: like, Don Mackay Don mckay Probably keeping himself. He's a. He's a, a... Don McKay would... Seems
2: pretty good. Don McHye would Be all right. Went yeah. to Celtic for like two weeks. Yeah. Doesn't. But doesn't have to deal with everything that comes with that. What's going from... Yeah, I know. I was about to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> I said everything that
1: comes with. Bloody that. <laughs> hell, we were about to get cancelled pretty hard there.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, I bet I'd, it, I'd say yeah.
1: Don mckay's probably is is good money
0: sort of kept himself busy with, like, a little chairman's role at, like, European rugby, but it's not a full-time gig. Like, he can yeah. quite easily shift across just a couple of years working, like, I don't know, 20 hours a month, um, just keeping himself topped up, getting ready for the top job. Yeah.
2: It's like we're, we're mean, Mason, Mark Dodson Dons- replaces
0: Gilpin at World Rugby.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we're, we're Mesa Dromacar, aren't we? So- yeah, did we come the
0: pod once.
2: Yeah, mates, we're mates. It's a stretch. <laughs> oh, you know, we're I, think made, I think I'm, we're, we're, I think we're I'm mates connected with, with them person. on LinkedIn. Yeah, we're mates with every single person who's been on this podcast. Is that not how it works? I'm
0: pretty sure a lot of people hate us. Richard yeah, Cockrell hated us. Yeah, 100%. Uh, he was literally like sat in his car, just like, why am I talking to these absolute losers? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if we get Steve Diamond on the pod talking, talking
2: of, um, I'm too. I'm a bit too scared. I think.
0: I'd love Steve Diamond to
1: get the Scotland job purely for him to just like go into the club shop and buy shop and buy like a sort of 12 to 15 year old like young boys t-shirt and be <laughs> like that's what I'm wearing in the box. <laughs> Ridiculous.
0: But Steve Diamond was the one who like called squid rugby, didn't he? And was uh, yeah. Stop slagging off my, my he? team. He? Yeah, he stop <laughs> slagging off
2: my team while I'm coming like knocking out. Imagine, um, imagine Steve Diamond called you. It would be fucking terrifying. Oh, horrific. Um, I think it's we were,
0: you know, obviously Steve Diamond's been sort of, not still not quite clear what his role is as the sort of like rugby consultant. He sort of come in for like a week and then just done an interview with the offside line being like, yeah, they're quite weak. <laughs> they, they, they don't want to play for each other, which seems quite a punchy approach.
1: Yeah, 100%. But then, like, the, the top line from one of them was like, what impact have I had? It's like, the, peop- the the
2: guys are now fighting each other at training.
1: And I was like,
2: <laughs> is that what we're going for? Yeah. It was kind of like a mix of, I think he was trying to be like supportive and positive. He's like, oh, you know, there's some like good, talented players here, but also, they're shit. I was like, "Oh, what? <laughs> I don't really know what the aim of this is.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. my my nice guy asshole theory of like you have to go one to the other for an Edinburgh coach. Diamond
0: Blair Cockrell.
1: Who was before Cockrell? Was
0: it Solomons before Cockrell? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So, actually, it yeah. It breaks,
2: Solomons. It breaks. down quite quickly <laughs> No, but Sol- Solomons, Solomons was be... a nice guy. Nice guy. I think.
0: Yeah, I. I,
2: weak, like, I... A bit weak. I. Think Who was so... before him? Bradley. He was also weak.
0: <laughs> Robinson, bit of a bastard, I think. Andrew Robinson, bit of a
1: bastard,
2: yeah. Haddon, yeah. definitely a nice
1: guy. Oh,
2: yeah, so nice. Frank
1: Haddon, nice guy. Yeah,
0: they're like, oh, he's too nice. We need a bit of edge. Fuck, yeah, not yeah. that much. Let's get a nice guy in. I, so I think you're right. I think Haddon, Haddon was nice. Robinson had edge. Then they had Bradley, who was too nice. And then they thought Sol- they were bringing in Solomon's as yeah, an yeah, asshole. Because yeah, yeah. he does look like an asshole. But yes. he was actually too nice, so then they had to get like the super asshole to like compensate for missing one. Then yes. they've gone Blair, and now Diamond. Um, so then it'll be like Roddy Grant next. Bro, after Diamond, Roddy Grant. After Diamond, <laughs> Roddy Grant, and then... Eddie Jones. Eddie as Jones, the, final, as yeah. the final boss. <laughs> I like I, I I find some of the rhetoric around Steve Diamond very strange, mm. because you know clearly i i think increasingly it is quite clear that these types of coaches will always have a bit of an impact whether it's for like a couple of months a year etc but it will run its course pretty quickly yeah and i think you know diamond is clearly a similar character to cockrell in terms of you know he's he's like hard straight talking etc etc but actually he's like a, a bit of a lesser in terms of record he's got a he's a bit of a crapper version of of Cockerell. you know ultimately for for anything for everything Cockrell's done with with edinburgh his actual record with with leicester I appreciate he's got a good squad but his record was pretty good and he, you know he went off and and did some stuff for toulon as well whereas i always find it a bit strange you look at like steve diamond he sort of kind of was with saracens for a bit but didn't do anything then he was kind of sale then he sort of like seemed to hang out in russia for a couple of years and then he came back to to sale and and didn't really win anything for like seven years, but he still seems to have this like pretty kind of you know people seem to respect him and talk about him in in quite in in those types of um conversations for any jobs that come up in the in the prem so I never quite get it with him
2: I think in his defense I think when he was coaching at sale i I don't know this might be his pr again or like just what he was saying at the time but i think they were operating at a very or a low budget compared to the rest of the premiership so they were always like kind of behind the eight ball and i think that's what people said like he's a really great coach but he's behind the eight ball a bit but at the same time i'm kind of with you and i also think that i would have thought that Cockrell, for all his flaws Set his legacy would be setting those like foundations of like higher standards and higher work rate, etc. Um, and that now you've got to like add to it in some way. And clearly, it's not quite worked on Blair, but also I, I feel I don't know, do you need to have like a cockerel type to get that work rate back? I mean, if, if you do, then like that speaks to some pretty like bad issues, but I just I'm not. I don't quite see
1: it. Just looking at photos of Steve Diamond from his Russia phase. It's like good photos of him standing outside the Kremlin. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there's one of him wearing like one of those like Willie hats as well. Great. Just great stuff.
0: I wonder whether for Edinburgh, you know, someone like Steve Tandy would be an interesting mm. choice. You know, ultimately... Edinburgh being, you know, pretty porous in defence, being a bit weak weak in the contact. Get you know, if we do think Steve Tandy, you know, Steve Tandy clearly is pretty well respected across the SRU, if there's thoughts that he could be a future Scotland coach, it feels like he could be a pretty useful fit for Edinburgh. A do step for down players. for Tandy. I think Edinburgh like a sideways Coach big, move. I think Edinburgh coach is bigger. Than defence coach for Scotland, like mm. stepping up and then being and being the top, being the top dog, um, yeah. and also just for the SOU, ultimately it's probably a bit cheaper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, obviously <laughs> finances are a bit tight, and being able to sort of transfer someone across um, potentially feels like a, a good well, option. Well, they did say again.
1: Dodson did say on the the podcast, he sort of said that like Steve is. Contracted until the end of the season, and then there's like another cutoff point, which is like the start of the next season. And then I think yeah. there's a third, there's like a third cutoff or something like that in like November. he's so winding down the clock to, until seeing if Tunney's gonna stay for the Scotland job to open up for Steve.
0: Just a straight switch. Tunney comes switch. to Edinburgh. Diamond, diamond to Scotland.
2: No, I mean, to be fair, I think
0: it does make a little bit of sense with, with Steve, because ultimately any coach, the, the coaches for Edinburgh could be, obviously if they are linked up with the national team, then you're not going yeah. to get access to them till, till November. So good to have good to November. have that option there. I'm not quite sure when, do you, do you think Blair is, is just off at the end of the season? Like he wouldn't stay on, it kind of sounded like Blair wouldn't be around for pre-season next year anyway.
2: Yeah, y- yeah. Doesn't, scene. Yeah, Diamond doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who would keep someone on from previous regime. Yeah. I don't know I also anything think about that...
1: Steve Diamond, but it gives strike me that you'd look at Mike Blair stepping down and basically admitting that he can't be a head coach and be like, this guy's weak. I'm not interested in having that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I also think Steve Diamond would be like, I don't need a fucking attack coach. And would just like do it all himself and get like three defence coaches in. I'm ready for it. I do. Fortress damn health. It'd be really bleak.
1: I mean, it's not bleak in Glasgow. This is a real just like AOB conversation we're having about Scottish rugby. But I mean, like Edinburgh doing badly. Let's just comment on news actually from today. Scott Steele joining um, Edinburgh next season. Alan, got any strong emotions about that?
0: I wouldn't say I have anything particularly strong. Um, <laughs> Good or bad. Obviously, a pretty solid scrum half, but I'm I'm not sure. I guess it feels like he would be behind Velicott in the pecking order when he comes in. So again, I guess it, it makes me think that they probably don't see Charlie Shield ste- stepping up much further from where he is, if that. you got to think, I, I, I haven't actually seen the sort of contracts. I imagine Pergos must be off at the end of the season.
2: Yeah. But that that would mean you only have two Schumacherts then, right? Well, you'd, uh, you'd have Vel- Velicott, um, Steel, and Shield. True, yeah. Oh, I don't know. It feels, uh, I think it. it's a, it's a decent signing as, and it's only a one-year deal. So that speaks to me as like, he's going to be second, third choice. The, but the only is one
0: bit, is now George Horns signed with Adobe comes across to Edinburgh.
2: Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Yeah, which what I would like. To Jamie Adobe, I would like it because I feel like, I don't know it would be good for Scottish rugby as a whole and Edinburgh, particularly this season. The halfbacks have really struggled. I I still I I like Velocot a lot, but for whatever reason, you know I would have thought when he was coming up. And it wasn't that long ago he was named in that England squad, and you, you're kind of thinking, oh, we got him now. He'll probably kick on, like get a few caps to Scotland. But he's not really even cemented himself within that Edinburgh side.
1: What's Ali? What's Ali Price's contract like?
2: I don't. I think he's, it's. He's, I think it's coming. He's definitely got end. one
0: more year. He's definitely got one more year. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think there is. There uh, is some chat that he might be looking to move. Move on, which I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised by. No. And a big big earner and kind of makes sense for both George, parties. Maybe. George Horn's
0: YouTube. Yeah, George Horn t- timed his his form run very well for some re- renegotiations with the SRU. Yeah, yeah. Co- coming out this season, V they they just saw that support line at the weekend and they were like, fucking sign this boy up again for two more years. But that content, George Horn's support lines,
1: like gets 500 likes every time so i think from the SIU perspective <laughs> they're seeing that as like a positive they can monetize that they can sell that as like sponsored content what else do you
2: want to talk about since we're all here
1: glasgow against the lions at the weekend
2: quite, we quite looking it. like quite a big game now yeah can Is glasgow
1: it? win the challenge cup
2: i mean in that context alan that like you know <laughs> <laughs> is
1: it? Love how we're like a Scottish podcast and we've got a knockout European game and we're like, Is that interesting?
2: Oh, I don't know, it can't be fucked
0: Mainly because <laughs> I think Glasgow will very easily get through it.
2: I don't know I, Oh, so I you're didn't just not interested too easy. I don't know about very easily. I, you know, Lions are one of the weaker South African teams, but still a South African team. And like I don't know pretty easy, they, pretty easy twenty point win. Twenty points. Are you paying your money at what's the sure just, things again? The spread's like sixteen and a half points for Glasgow. Yeah, you always talk about the spread. You always talk about the spread, and you never get any of these bets right. So I don't <laughs> think you actually know what spread means. <laughs> you just you just say these you say these words, and you know. Well, I actually
0: had money on Glasgow to beat Munster away, and that Did came you? off. Yeah, so shut your pie. Nice. Well, I so also, you made, you know, I also made had three three quid. Well, yeah, I also had money on Edinburgh to beat Connacht, but you know these you can't win them all. Right. Yeah. Glasgow are 16-point favourites. I, I can't believe that. That's... I d- yeah, I just think the Lions just away, a, a not not a great turnaround after yeah. Glasgow. I just don't see them taking it that that seriously.
2: So that, um, so that would lead to a semi... If Glasgow win, that's the semi-final right against...
1: Scarletts versus... It's Scarlet and Clermont. It'll either be Scarlett's away or Clement at home. And then it's Toulon, leon in one of the other quarters, and Treviso, Cardiff.
2: I think they could beat any of those teams, right? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. There's no like standout French and English side within that. I think if you get
1: 1872 Cup, Scottish Italian Shield, and the Challenge Cup, you are knocking on the doors of an open top bus tour. I'm hearing this Surely, like a gathering in George Square for
0: that. Did did they do anything when they won the Pro 12? Good, good question. Let's let's find that out. <laughs> so like Al Kellogg. they did like a little stage for him in George Square. A wee stage, a little stage, <laughs> just a little stage. <laughs> did they actually, or did you just make that up? No, no, no. I've I, well, I made it up, but I have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, ultimately, it does feel like the URC, or winning the URC anyway, is definitely a step too far, at least for this season, for Glasgow. You yeah. know, if they get semifinals, that feels like a very, that's a pretty good job from where they start. It's hard, see,
1: it's hard to see anybody beating Leinster, though, right?
2: So, but semifinals, would that not be the same as last year? Or was that quarter-finals they got to? They
0: got absolutely annihilated in the quarterfinal by Leinster.
2: No, I know. It's just, it's quite interesting to be like, oh, it's such a better season. When they've done like, they've won one more game. If it got to that point.
0: I agree. Clearly though,
2: it's it's
0: worlds apart. But I guess, if I remember correctly from last season, they sort of started off very well and then began to sort of tail off and then just got that eighth spot. (laughs) And then... Yeah, and then obviously went, and then there's obviously a bit of a, how they gave an account for themselves over there as well, right? Um, that was the
1: seventy points that cost Danny's job, right?
0: Yeah. And look at them now, seventy points against the Dragons. Yeah. And Danny so, Wilson's
2: going as a skills coach to Leicester. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's, he's there at the moment. He was. Oh, is he? i um, coaching them against Edinburgh on Friday. For, oh, for everything take with that. Yeah. Danny Wilson always came
0: across like a pretty good guy.
2: Yeah, I agree. Well that's
0: the thing. I think if they'd only lost
1: by fifty to Leinster, Danny Wilson would still be the Glasgow coach.
2: Which is quite a thought.
1: Yeah. And Franco Smith, you know, Franco's army, like, we wouldn't we wouldn't have had it.
0: Yeah. Franco has so overperformed the spread this year. Oh. He's uh yeah. There, I, there's generally no one who called how well Franco Smith?
1: They should Glasgow's get. social media team should get Franco Smith to read like mean tweets about him. <laughs> that'd be so. That'd be such good content. Actually, would be quite good. Probably like one of ours. Like he's terrible. <laughs> Fuck.
2: Frank Franco Smith would batter any of us as well. I'm quite scared of him. Yes, I think so. Yeah, doesn't really seem to be that open to like just
0: general chat with pundits. He, like, no, still, he
1: doesn't come across
0: that well. I still think he's that bothered by it.
2: I think he's very yeah. happy to trot out a few platitudes. He's like, oh, I just don't care. Yeah,
1: no, exactly. I wonder if he's thinking about the Scotland job, Alan. I, I, I hadn't thought about it until you said it. And now Franco's putting himself in the frame. If, if Yeah,
0: 1872, Scottish, Italian Shield, Challenge Cup, and then semi-final... And I think he's in the and, and there's no one else available.
1: I and Tooney decides to go and take a club job. Franco is, no, in, the, did, is did,
0: in the conversation. Tooney's still there, but there's a very limp exit from the World Cup. Like we mm. don't, we don't, you know, we don't even land a blow against South Africa and Ireland. Like twenty point losses, both sides, yeah. just scrape past Tonga. Then, <laughs> I th- then I think you got to have the conversation. About whether Franco is is worth the punt.
2: I mean that that is such a wild outcome versus like <laughs> within 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 a year within a year right That'd yeah within a year like no one probably most or well, a lot of Scottish rugby fans would have no idea who Franco Smith was ultimately. Oh, but when you win the scotland Italian happen. Shield, what are you going to do? Good good things well, wait, good things, a, things you happen. Don't just win it, you
1: you run away with it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's extra it's an extraordinary
2: result. You've, you've only got two of the bottom three teams in your league, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, look, I mean, it's been it's been great to chat to you guys. It's been fairly like rambling conversation, <laughs> um, but I hope you know you guys have got some. The fans have gotten a taste of us again. You know, I don't actually think we did review the Six Nations at all. Don't think we talked about that one bit. So quite happy with that. Um, you can always keep in touch with us. Um, on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle Rugby Pod. And Alan has told us that he is preparing something for Substack. So get yourself on there, um, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast, um, for our occasional written musings. Um, and yeah, we will chat to you again very, very soon. Cheers. Cool. Yeah. Nice. That'll
0: do. That'll do. Stop this. Stop this. It's Tinny. So Tinny.
1: Yeah, I don't don't know why that's happened. Tinny Weasley. (laughs) Tin Helen.
2: Tin Helen. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen